and all that you do. Well, we are continuing our time together in this Lent season, and we are continuing this conversation we've been having the last several weeks about new creation. And like I said last week, we see this a lot. In this, in this lectionary reading, in these epistle readings, it's new creation, new creation, new creation, new creation, and so we're going to get some more today. And today we're looking at this passage in Philippians, which is a letter written by Paul later in his ministry, and he's writing this encouragement. Philippians is a fantastic book. It's very short. You can read it in just a few minutes, so I encourage you to uh, read that at some point. And we actually are jumping in right at the tail end of Paul kind of has this pattern in his letters, where the first part of the letter, he's talking about the work of God in Christ. It's very, oftentimes, very dense theologically. And then the back half of the letter is all this very practical, here's how you live this out. And Philippians 3 is kind of this halfway point. It's this transition that Paul makes where he actually talks about himself. He talks about his own life and his own ministry. And this is what we see beginning in Philippians 3, verse 4b. If anyone has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. So I'm going to stop there. And if you'll allow me just a moment to do a little bit of teaching. My wife laughs at me because I'm a big nerd. And so then I like to teach people things and I like to give new, new little nuggets of information. Uh, so Philippians 3, 4, B, when we have that little B next to a verse, that means we're talking about the second half of that verse. So as you read the scriptures and you look at the chapters and the verses, these were not native to when the, when the authors wrote these inspired by the Holy Spirit. These like chapters and verses were added later to help us find certain parts of Scripture, right? So sometimes the people who added these little reference numbers didn't quite add them at just the right spot for whatever reason. I don't know why this happened. But sometimes they'll add a verse and then the author will change their subject halfway through that verse. That's what we see here. So when we're talking about verse 4b, it means that Paul transitioned, it's a new paragraph, and we're, we're looking at a new, new topic. And so we're talking about 4b, which is the second half, and this is when he gets into this. If anyone has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Yet, whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. So Paul here, as he's introducing this new uh, topic of conversation, as he's moving in, as he's transitioning from talking about theology to talking about practical life, he begins to talk about himself, and he says this, if anybody has any reason to be confident in the flesh, to boast, to be proud of what they do, he says, I have more. So you see, Paul, he was a fantastic man. He was a great man. He was a young guy who had lots of gifts and talents, and he was rising the ranks quickly in the, the Israelite structure. He was, you know, he says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was dedicated to the Lord exactly as you're supposed to as a Jewish boy. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was, he obeyed all the rules and then more. He dedicated his whole life to the Lord. He did lots of really, really good ministry. He is the man. He has done everything right for his whole life. If anybody has done anything good, Paul has done more. He gives the most. He serves the most. 
He pushes the most. He is dedicated himself the most to the scriptures and to the Lord. He says, I have done everything right in his life. Then he says, yet, whatever gains I had, the standing in society, the respect of religious leaders, anything that he had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. So Paul might be what we would call now, he was a really good church person. He did all the right things. He gave the right amount of money. He served in the right ministries. He served on the leadership team, right? He did all the right things that you're supposed to do to show that you're dedicated to the Lord and his work. We would call Paul a good church person. He did everything right. He says, yet all the good things that I've done, all the gains that I've had, have actually been a detraction in my life because of Christ. He considers them a loss. He considers them negative things that have happened in his life when he compares it to the work of Jesus Christ, to his life in Christ. He says, more than that, I regard everything, not just the good things that he's done, but also the wrong things that he's done and the, all the other stuff that he's built in his life. Everything is a loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and I regard them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. You see, for Paul, all the good things that he did, all the hard work that he put into it, he considered a loss, and he actually says he considered them as rubbish, which is, that word means feces. And it's not a polite word either. It's not a polite word that we use there. He regards it as waste, human waste. All of the things that he's done in his life, all the hard work he's put into his ministry, all the, thing that he, all the good things he's done, it's dog poop on his shoe. And he scrapes it off. It's rubbish. It's useless. It's not, just, it's not just useless. It's actually detestable compared to knowing Jesus Christ. And he says, I have sacrificed all of this, and I will sacrifice all of this that I might gain Jesus Christ. These last few weeks, we've been talking about new creation, and what we're going to see here today is an encouragement and a challenge for us, like Paul, to seek out and find new creation in everything that we do. And this is challenging because there are a lot of people in this room who have done some really awesome things in their life. A lot of people in this room have given a lot of money to this church. A lot of people in this room have served in various ministries of this church. A lot of people in this room helped build this building. A lot of people in this room have very successful businesses. A lot of people in this room have great families. A lot of people in this room have done some really good things. And compared to knowing Christ, it's dog poop on our shoe that we're tracking around our house and stinking everything up. It's less than useless. It's actually detestable compared to knowing Jesus Christ. As we keep going on in verse 10, Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So Paul here, his obsession is for new creation. The resurrection of the dead is what he says here. He wants to know the power of Jesus' resurrection. He wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants to be pursuing this new creation that God has given him in Christ. And he wants to leave everything behind. 
He wants to consider everything else as rubbish, that he may know this power, this new creation, this thing that God is doing in his life and God is doing in the world. He is obsessed. He has one goal, new creation. He has taken this on from God because that is also God's one goal, is new creation. And Paul continues here in verse 12, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. You see, Paul recognized that for all the good works that he has done, all the hard work he had done, even as he pursues Christ, he never gets it quite right. He never quite gets everything exactly right. But he continues to strive and to work. He hasn't already achieved the resurrection of the dead. He hasn't experienced it fully, but he keeps pressing forward to make it his own. He keeps living in the direction of new creation, seeking it out and looking for it. And then he says this, Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do. So if Paul does one thing, this is what he does. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. And this heavenly call is new creation. God has rescued us. He has plucked us up out of the muck and the mire, and he has given us new life and new creation. This is the heavenly call. And he says, this is the one thing, the one thing I do is I leave behind all of my work. I leave behind everything that I've built, and I press on toward this goal, toward this new creation. This is really difficult for us because we are very proud of a lot of the things that we do. But they're rubbish. They're useless. They're detestable. We cannot, by our own power, experience new creation. And so instead, we build these little empires. And we think, oh, I have my little business or my little work or my little family. And we think that we're doing something really good here. But Paul says all of that is useless if it's not pointed toward Jesus Christ. If it is not walking in the direction of new creation. It doesn't matter how good your marriage is, because if your marriage isn't walking toward new creation, it's rubbish. It doesn't matter how good your family is. If your family's not walking toward new creation, it's rubbish. It doesn't matter how big our church get or how nice our ministries are. If they're not walking toward new creation, they're rubbish. It's not worth it. It's worse than useless. It's detestable. Because God has one goal in mind, new creation. He wants to give us the peace and the joy and the love of new creation. He wants to bestow upon us all these blessings. And we over here, we're over here and we're building our little empire, thinking we're doing something good. I hate to break it to you. I'm saying this because I love you all so much, okay? But God is not that impressed by the work that you do, okay? God created everything, the entire universe, with a word. God sustains life with his mighty hand. And he is not that impressed with these little empires that we try to build. He's not impressed with our little church building in our little podunk small town in the middle of nowhere in Midwest. He's not impressed. When your child comes and brings you a painting, and they say it's a horse, and you say, that's great. 
It doesn't really look anything like a horse, right? You don't love that thing because of the technical skill. You don't love it because somehow it has some inherent beauty on its own. You love the thing because you love your child. It's the same thing with God. God gives us work and he redeems work and he wants us to work because he loves us and he delights in our work because he loves us. Not because we're doing anything impressive. So our little empires, all the little things we try to build here, God's not super impressed by them because he wants you to experience new creation. He wants you to be raised from the dead. He doesn't want you to be a successful businessman. He wants you to be raised from the dead. He doesn't want you to have this perfect family. He wants you to be raised from the dead. He doesn't want you to have this impressive life. His obsession is with new creation. His obsession is with transformation. And as your pastor, I love you, but I do not need you to pay my paychecks. I do not need you to grow New Life Lutheran Church. As your pastor, what I need you to do is be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. That's what I need from you. That's what I want from you. And everything we do here, every time I get up here on the chancel and proclaim the word, every time I help guide ministry, every time I help guide life group, what I need from you is new creation and transformation. I don't need you to make things look impressive. I need the power of Jesus Christ. And everything we do here at New Life has to be pointed in the direction of new creation. We have to have Paul's mindset here. We have to be pushing forward toward this thing that God is doing. And if it's not going in that direction, we have to kill it. We have to put it down because we're not moving in the direction of new creation. This is what God wants. This is what God is obsessed with. This is why this church exists. We don't need to have a nice building and nice ministries. We need Jesus. We need to be raised from the dead. And that's what God promises us. And we claim this not because it's something that we do, but because God has called us his own. Here in a little bit, we're going to do a baptism. We're baptizing this, this little, little baby. And we are as helpless and we are as unimpressive as a little baby when we come to God. When we receive his grace, we are as helpless as that child. There's nothing we can do to impress God. He's not surprised by us. He's not surprised by the good things that we do. He's not surprised by the bad things that we do. We are his children, and he loves us, and he has, he has given himself for us. God has called us to new creation, to new life. And I can tell you, as I shared last week in my own life, I've experienced it, and I want you to experience it too. I am obsessed with this congregation experiencing new creation. That's all that I want, and that's all that I think that we need to focus on, especially in this season of transition and change and all these things. We have to be pushing toward and living in this direction. Our families, our businesses, our marriages, the work that we do in our ministries, the work that we do in our organizations, Everything needs to be pointed toward this new creation of seeing Jesus Christ glorified and having, experiencing the peace and the joy and the love and all the other fruit of the Spirit that we can receive from it. That has to be our goal. 
We have to be looking for it and desiring it. And it's not something we can just drum up on our own. God gives it to us. He gives us this desire to want to see it, to want to experience it. And we leave everything behind. Everything that doesn't fit into this new creation direction, we leave behind. For Paul, that meant leaving everything behind. Everything his life worked toward missed the mark. Everything that his life worked toward was not in the direction of new creation. So he left everything. I think that we have to as well. Because at the end of the day, you can live your life, you can die, you can be buried, and it's useless. Rubbish without Jesus. God has called you and rescued you out of your sin. God has called you and rescued you out of death. And he has given you a promise of new creation and new life, of a hope and a direction that everything can be moving toward this goal of redemption and reconciliation. This is a gift from God. It's something that he does for us. He gives us this peace. He gives us this new creation. And then we let it flow out of us. Like last week, I talked about being ministers of reconciliation, that we're actually passing out the peace and the joy and the love. We're passing out this new creation as we go. This is what our lives ought to be like, moving in this direction, moving in this new thing that God is doing. And so we leave what's behind, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how impressive our house is, or how impressive our career is, or how great our family is. At the end of the day, those things don't matter. The only thing that matters is Jesus Christ. And like Paul, we can leave it all behind. We can move toward this hope, this joy that God has given us. This is the call. This is the call of new creation on us. Forgetting what's behind us and pressing on toward the goal that we too might receive the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Well, Father, um,